I was in an accident in a restaurant where a door from like the kitchen, like the swinging kitchen doors, fell off its hinge and fell onto my head. Okay, first of all, that's a nightmare because <laughs> you're not even doing anything. No, wrong. I was just you're sitting in a. a no, I was like sitting. Yeah. I was sitting in a booth at a restaurant, and so I suffered like a traumatic head injury at the beginning of 2019, and She's had a like, really. I don't take risks. Sits in a restaurant, gets hit by a door. <laughs> yeah, I had a really bad concussion at the beginning of last year, and it has taken me almost a full year to totally wow. recover from it. Um, I was like so forgetful, couldn't remember words. I was getting car sick constantly. I was like truly upside down for uh, almost a year. And then on top of that last summer, I had mono. <laughs> and so- Are you okay? <laughs> I'm fine now, like now I'm fine. Hey, this is Julia Stern and you're listening to Not My Best. The podcast that reminds you it's okay not to perform at your best 100% of the time. When we shift the focus to become a little bit better instead of trying to be at our best all the time, we'll accomplish a lot more and we'll have way more fun doing it. Let's get into it. Another Tuesday, another episode of Not My Best. Welcome back. This is Julia Stern, your host every single week, bringing you little doses of people who are doing incredible things without trying to perform at 100% all of the time because life happens and it's impossible. This week, Low Bosworth. If all you know of Low is Laguna Beach and the hills, like I did when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, you are going to be very surprised by this conversation because she is a highly educated, badass business owner. She started Love Wellness in 2016. They just went through an entire rebranding. She has suffered anxiety and a bunch of vitamin deficiencies and kind of used her own self-exploration to develop this company that now provides resources for women to A, learn about their bodies, and B, take care of themselves in not a shameful or embarrassing type of way, but like, here's the information, how can we use it to make ourselves healthier? It was a pleasure to have her on my couch. I'm so grateful that she came to talk to me, and I think that you're really going to love this convo. So subscribe, like it, rate it, hit me up at Not My Best Podcast at Julia L. Stern on Instagram. Before we get into it, a quick word from Red Bar. They are a protein bar that is low in sugar and high in adaptogens that help us adapt to stress. You've heard me talk about them the last few weeks, and I'm actually doing a giveaway on my Instagram with them this week. So follow me at Julia L. Stern, check out my stories, and then hopefully you can win some. If you don't win the giveaway, you are not out of luck. You can still go to redbar.com, that's R-E-D-D-Bar.com, and use code NOTMYBEST for 15% off. All right, here's Lo Bosworth, CEO and founder of Love Wellness. Enjoy the episode. Hi. <laughs> of course. Thanks for just, like sitting on my couch and chilling with me on a Friday. Here we are. Amazing. I am so inspired by everything that you have done. And I want to go Thanks. back to go forward a little bit. And sure. like, you just did a rebranding of your company very recently, right? Early February? Uh, yeah, I guess 11 days ago. I don't know when this is going to go live, but on February, what day was it? February, February 13th? Well, February 10. February 10. Yeah, so fairly yeah, recently. Yeah, Feb 10 was the relaunch. I'm sure since then it's been like a whirlwind for It's you. been crazy. Like all the days blend together. It's funny though because we've been working on the rebrand for so many months now and so much has gone into it. Every piece of the business needed an update, right. you know, from like a look and feel perspective from the website to the labels that are on bottles to advertising, literally everything had to change. And so it's been a six-month minimum labor of love. And I will say that the night 
when I got home from work after the relaunch, I finally was not stressed for the first time in weeks. I was going to say, how good did it feel? This like calm peace permeated my body and I was just sitting on the couch and I looked around. I was by myself. I was like, wow, this is what <laughs> it's like to have this behind. No, it was more like, oh, this is behind me now. Thank okay. God. <laughs> and now do you feel like now the relaunch has happened, do you feel a little bit like less stressed? Yes, 100%. It's really nice to see the awareness um, that we've been able to build, even in just the last two weeks with the brand. Um, It's exciting. We have billboards all over Manhattan. We have like buses that are wrapped driving around. We have an amazing new ad campaign that has gotten such good feedback. I saw that video. It was incredible. So what was it like? So let's get into, if you don't know your company, Love Wellness. What is the mission of the company? Yeah, so at Love Wellness, we make clean, body-positive personal care products for women. Um, I started the business in 2016, and I did it by myself. I started it in my living room, cold-calling manufacturers. You know, my doctors were like, make these products, put this stuff in it, and... Um, I did it because at the time I was having a lot of personal health issues. Um, I was suffering from really severe vitamin deficiencies and it was causing me to have all of these problems, depression, anxiety. I was at the OBGYN constantly because my body was just like in flux all the time. And so I was at the drugstore all the time and I would be standing in the personal care aisle looking at these legacy brands and the products that were available to women and just feeling very discouraged by it. Kind of like they were out of touch out of touch and I mean since we're teenage women you know you have to go buy tampons and you're like you don't want to do that it's an embarrassing thing why you does it still you feel still, so awkward you still put tampons in like two bags from Dwayne Reed because you don't want anybody to mm-hmm. see what you bought and so it was that experience of um, feeling very discouraged by what was available to women not just from like a messaging and packaging standpoint, but from an actual formulation standpoint, I think a lot of products that these legacy brands continue to make were invented decades ago by men, like way less research available on women's health at that point, at that point, and they're really not biologically compatible. Like what are scented tampons for? Like, do you know what that does to your body? What are you putting inside of you all the time, that fragrance? Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's marketed as safe and effective for women when it's really not. And so I think most women have probably bought one or two things that just totally disagreed with their body and they're just like, oh my gosh. And so I just kind of assumed that there had to be a better way and my doctors put me on that path and really helped me change my perspective, not only on what I needed to do to modify my own lifestyle, but just changed my perspective on how to care for myself. And really it was like a practice in opening up my mind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. More than anything else. Right. And just being open to like different possibilities and seeing what works and doesn't work for you. Yeah. And I think when it comes to women's health and wellness, we don't really have um, a a great single source of truth, to be honest with Mm you. Uh, You know, you're given like 30 minutes of sex education in whatever grade, but you're not ever take you're not ever taking like a class just on women's biology and just how to take care of your body and how it all works and so that's what I mean when I say that there's no really good single source of truth Mm. um and so there's tons of misinformation out there that guides you down certain paths most women don't even know the right questions to ask you don't know what you don't know 
And so in addition to providing women with great products, we're trying to sort of create that single source of truth I feel like a as lot a resource. Of, yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of the information that we're being fed constantly comes from marketing where there's yes. ultimatums behind it, right? So we're being fed all of this information and those are our sources to like figure stuff out right. and we can't really tell what's legitimate and what's not. Yeah, it's challenging. The The internet also is very opinion-based, not fact-based. Right. And so to your point, it's very challenging to kind of um, get the information that you really need. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. I was having a conversation with um, another person on the podcast last week and I was saying like, I feel so fortunate to be able to get older now as we are like deciphering all of this stuff and like mm-hmm. kind of changing the narrative. Yeah. But I can't imagine what it was like to grow up without that. Because I mean, it wasn't olden times. Like you look at my <laughs> mom and yeah. my grandmother and either even people who are 10, 15, 20 years older than me. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, where were they getting their information and how were they treating their bodies? And I have just, no idea. It's it's crazy. I have no idea. Um, it just seems like such common sense. You, yeah. I think um, we actually have a lot of customers um, that are from an older demographic and you know the stories that we hear from these women really are so heartwarming. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, every every customer review, every customer email we get um, that's positive truly has this narrative that kind of revolves around how one of these products or just the brand mission in and of itself has kind of changed their perspective or changed their life and so to hear from older women like my mom or you know I don't have a grandmother but you know if I did um they're just like wow like I've been waiting for something like this my entire life and it's finally here and I feel so encouraged for my daughters and for my granddaughters and it's just really exciting yeah. in sort of like that a nerdy way incredibly <laughs> fulfilling for you right yeah I mean it's why we keep getting up every day and going to work and just doing it and why we continue to develop stuff because we feel like we have created a brand that provides women with this aha moment whether it's I discovered a product that is finally serving a real need in my life or on the flip side oh my gosh Maybe I don't need any of these products, but this brand makes me feel good about wanting to take care of my body. Or wanting to learn more about it. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Absolutely. That's great. So let's take it back to go forward a little bit. You obviously came from reality TV. Yeah. Can you speak to What a background. I know. (laughs) Reality TV to creating this aha moment for women is like a total 180. And it's such a beautiful story. So Mm -hmm. can you like speak to what it was like to be put into that at such a young age? Yeah. So... MTV came to my high school when I was a junior in high school. Um, at that point, the OC was on mm-hmm. with Misha Barton. Yeah. But I guess she is on the new the new version of The Hills, which yeah. is so it's weird. It's so crazy how it's come full circle. Yeah, it's very, like, matrixy to a certain degree. Um, so, yeah, I was a junior in high school. That show was really popular, and we had no idea what that original show, which was Laguna Beach, was going to become. We kind of thought it was going to be an hour-long episode of something along the lines of, like, true life. I'm from Orange right. County. Well, because at that time, too, like, reality TV was kind of, like, unprecedented. It didn't really exist. Yeah. There was, like, Survivor, and that was it. <laughs> um, and and uh, Real World? Real mm-hmm. World was on. Yeah, also. which still is totally different. Yeah. And so when the show premiered, um, it just blew up overnight. 
I was in my first week of college my freshman year so for like the first few days I was normal Mm -hmm. and then immediately I was not normal that experience had to be kind of almost like crippling for you oh yeah it was awful um because listen like I grew up in South Orange County a total normal kid normal life and all of a sudden everybody knew who I was and I was not prepared for that and I didn't I didn't have any inclination that it was going to happen, but my life changed overnight and I very quickly realized like, oh shit, I do not like that everybody knows who I am. Which is a hard time to realize that when you're being blasted on TV. Yeah, I was 17. I was like just turning 18. First week of college. I like didn't live at home anymore all of a sudden. And it was really traumatic. You know, kids would like yell at me when I was walking down the street, like you bitch, you're that girl in that show. Kids would play the Hillary Duff theme song when I would walk into parties. Nightmare. Such a nightmare. Yeah. It turns out that college kids are still, they're really, they're still kids. Obviously. <laughs> like, college is a weird experience regardless. Like, everybody yeah. goes to college and just goes wild because they're trying to figure themselves out. Exactly. So to be known on top of that is, like, just a mess. Yeah, it was just no-hold-bars bullying constantly, like, yeah. from every direction. And it was really overwhelming for me. Um, but at the same time, it provided me with this opportunity mm-hmm. to... Um, have a really interesting job from a young age and kind of see what the entertainment industry and media was all about a very interesting and unique perspective on it that I think has served me very well from a long-term career standpoint Um, and so at this point the positives definitely outweigh the negatives but for a number of years I swam in the negatives because there was just no escaping it and I wasn't emotionally mature enough at that point to be able to be um like self-reflective again it's a major transitional point in your life it's not like (laughs) you're going on as an adult and you can kind of brush it to the side Mm -hmm. so all of these different things are interacting with each other yes and this was in 2000 and four god oh my god 2004 (laughs) and so there was no there was nothing else on tv like it's not like now where there's so much content there's so much programming even if you are on a show you can sort of still have a very normal life and this situation was particularly atypical to to that right um now we also kind of know that reality tv is somewhat scripted and they can manipulate and do certain things with yeah. you but did you know that at the time and what was it like watching it and being like wait that's not me in the early days um we had no idea and I always positioned myself um as sort of one of the outside people that was my request from okay. the very beginning from you or from from them? me okay I said I don't want to date on camera I don't want to be one of the people who is exposing my life to the masses. It made me uncomfortable. So I guess that was a precursor of my discomfort already, yeah. even before I yeah. realized. Like I want to do this, but I just am kind of like dipping my toe in. Yeah. And so, um, I'm sorry, what was the question? I totally okay. lost my train of thought. What was it like to watch back on the shows and be like, wait, what is happening? That's not how I was oh, yeah. myself. Oh, yeah. So, script or not. Um, yeah, for me, I didn't really have any personal issues with that until um, the hills later on when, against my request, they started to loop me into storylines. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you're a bad friend, you're a good friend, fights with people, but that's what the, the show evolved into. Right. So I didn't really, at least at first, have a strong sense of, like, this is fake. Mm-hmm. But 
I know that other people on the show did have that experience early on, and I almost kind of like didn't believe them. I was like, right. "No, I know that you did that." Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, You're so that, but... yeah, like, and and I think probably like it was half truths from people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think at a certain point, saying this is fake became a really good re- way for people to be like, "I didn't do that." Of course, it's like a cop out. A cop out. Yeah, yeah. but I know that. Some of it was definitely um, dreamed up, and other things weren't. And then there were some people on the show that specifically, like, behaved in a way to help create storylines, you know, which was, like, when we first realized that, it was, like, very shocking. And then is it hard to, like, (laughs) Like, draw the line? Like, once the cameras come off, it's, like, it's very strange. Yeah, it creates very strange relationships with the people that you work with, you Mm -hmm. know, and I always considered everybody to be, like, somebody that I worked with right oh wow that's an interesting way to look at it like you look at it as it's your job and when you go to job we all did it's professional we all did we all really felt like this is a job these are the people that I work with and so I think later on I think that's why some people were kind of just more willing to be like fine I'll just do what you need me to do today so that I can go home right you know but we the show was um, shot and produced just like any real production. We mm-hmm. had a call sheet, call times, be here at this time. Yeah. This is what we're doing today. And so in that way, it was um, not manipulated, but I, I mean, we had to operate under under that system. Yeah. Would you say that it helped you to create a boundary between like your personal life and what was being put on camera, treating it that way? Um. Yeah. Yes, I would say so. I think probably, and I was talking to one of my friends about this the other day, I think that the experience of being somebody who is publicly known to a certain degree um, really teaches you a lot about other people, not necessarily other people on the show, but just other people in general. And so I think part of why I'm really good at doing what I do now is because I had to learn um, so many lessons about human behavior and motivation and what to say and not to say and how to protect yourself Mm -hmm. as somebody in the public eye that all of those lessons really lend itself to what we've created at Love Wellness, which, um, you know, we we like think about it constantly. Yeah. And that's an amazing skill set that you wouldn't think directly applies, like starting a wellness company from being on reality TV, Mm -hmm. but you don't even realize that you were creating those skills to do what you're doing now. Yeah. I am, you know, one of the most risk averse people out there probably just because I really see, um, the toll that making a mistake can have on you, Mm -hmm. a public mistake. Yeah. Um, and in 2020 cancel culture is a really real thing. And so um, my experience on TV definitely guides who I am as, you know, a founder and CEO, like in in every aspect of what I do. Especially now, I'm sure like being in the public eye back then was like under a microscope compared to now it's so magnified because of social media. It's different. And because everything is watching your every move. And so now it's like almost even more important. Yeah, you know, back then, Prez Hilton could write something mean about you and, like, people would see it, but... Wow, I haven't been to that website in years. Right? That's But yes. But now... Yeah, I was in college going to that and reading it. Right, but now you have Instagram where you can go on somebody's profile and literally, like, leave them comments. And if right. you are somebody that, like, makes some mistake, you are 
targeted online Absolutely. overwhelming it's it's remarkable having such a large social media presence does it ever get overwhelming for you are there times where you need to be like i can't engage with this uh i'm not great at instagram madeline who <laughs> will tell you that she like posts everything for me now because it's like i don't want to do it yeah no i get it please i am like way way less engaged than you are but it, it gets that way it yeah it's a full-time job we just um relaunched my youtube channel and we're doing mm-hmm. it sort of c- c- as a connection to love wellness now and they'll show me the videos and i watch like 60 seconds i'm like okay it's fine just post it out i don't want to see it anymore yeah <laughs> well, because like ah so much out too you can't dissect every single thing that you're doing 100 percent. like i watched a video today and i was like fuck i look like ugly or whatever it was a get ready with me video where that we filmed the other day and so i had no makeup on i was like wow i really look terrible but i'm just going to not care <laughs> Yeah, totally. It's like, it's just going out into the universe. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's fine. So speaking of YouTube, I am not really one that follows pop culture super well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember a few years ago, and I don't remember how it came across my laptop, but seeing the YouTube video that you posted when you first were telling us about your struggle with anxiety and depression and taking all of those vitamins, Mm -hmm. it was... I feel like a major breakthrough at the time because not a lot of people were talking about it. Yeah. Whereas now it's so much more easily discussed. Mm -hmm. But at the time it was like, wait, what is, what's happening with her? Yeah. Um, what was that experience like for you? A, to like not know what was going on when you were visiting doctors and then B, to put it out into the open like that. So I decided to talk about it because it felt really cathartic for me and it Mm -hmm. felt like I could actually, um, help other people potentially and it was really just a release of negative energy that I had been storing inside my body for a really long time. Um, yeah, I was not well, and I it took a year and a half to really figure out what the root cause was, which, which was time. these vitamin deficiencies. And this was like 2015, 2014, 2015, um, and t- 2016. And back then, like wellness, the idea of wellness and self-care did not exist as it does today. Mm-hmm. This is a category that has completely transformed overnight, like been invented more than anything else. Yeah. And so there were just fewer resources available, um, like from every aspect. Now, you know, there's so many articles and great, great resources, like go see a naturopath, go see a specialized physical therapist, go see whatever, whatever, whatever. There's something for like everything now and because of the internet that information is much more accessible right but then it wasn't and so I was just going were you like googling I was googling constantly you know what I mean and the vitamin deficiency thing didn't even ever come up in any of the searches you know it was like instead it was like you have this you have this you have this and the doctors you know they just told me that it was stress and you know to a certain degree they were right mm-hmm. i was really stressed but i was really stressed because i had no idea what was going on and i felt physically very uncomfortable in my body every day like i would wake up and like the adrenaline would already be pumping and then i would just get anxiety and i had yeah. no idea what it was about and um i just had all of these sort of low-grade mystery symptoms and when you have these low-grade chronic issues it's really hard for a medical practitioner to 
to pinpoint the real issue. Yeah. Um, because it could just be stress. Right. I was actually talking, I was having a conversation about this with my sister last night, and it's almost like when they're chronic low-grade symptoms, you almost kind of feel like they're normal. Like, you don't know what normal is supposed to feel like. Yeah. And then it becomes this, like, back and forth of, like, is something wrong? How are you supposed to determine what it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think also um, in the United States... Western medicine, we tend to treat symptoms instead of first look for a root cause. Right. Um, and so that made it challenging. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just like, take this pill, take this pill, take try this. I had a physical <laughs> last week and I had something on my skin and steroid cream right away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe I'm having an allergic reaction to something. So right. like I saw a nutritionist and there's just so many other options. Yeah, I think through that perspective or through that experience, like I said, I really changed my perspective mm-hmm. on what it means to take care of yourself and how to do that. And it's really not a one size fits all solution. And what works for you may not work for me and vice versa. And, um, I just wrote about this for Birdie also. Um, I wrote a personal essay that they published this week. And one of the things that I said was like, meditation can work for some people. Prozac works for other people. Sometimes the placebo effect is just as good or the herbs work. You know what I mean? All different kinds of things work for all different kinds of people. And so it's about being willing to open up and, uh, have a perspective that can change yeah. instead of just like this is how it is and this is what you have I to do. I also think it's patience like trying something and then giving it a little bit of time to like monitor your symptoms and yeah. see how you're feeling because a lot of people will be like CBD oil and now I'm putting this lotion on my body and wait is it working? I don't know it's been two days Yeah, you know so it's like trying something. Totally um, and I will say in addition to vitamins and supplements which really in my case did change my life um, being willing to actually change your lifestyle overwhelmingly is probably the thing that can help you the most. Mindset. Um, it's actually committing to sleeping more. It's actually committing to like totally rehauling your diet and mm-hmm. thinking about food from a nutritional standpoint instead of just a, I need to feed myself or a taste standpoint, whatever. You know, everybody yeah. has a different relationship with food and figuring out the things that work with your body and the things that work against your body. And it's about actually drinking more water every day and getting exercise. When you make those changes, you do get better mm-hmm. because you're body um is operating like in the best way that it can right and <laughs> you know? then those other things will come into place with right. different changes and so you know my doctors had those conversations with me they were like how's your lifestyle like what are you yeah. eating like what are you doing and you know it's it's discouraging to a certain degree to have to not have the root cause discovered right but then to also have your doctor be like i think you just need to make some like lifestyle tweaks because we're used to getting prescriptions written and we're used to having like try yeah. here's the answer and so and also moving at 100 miles per hour and just yeah. expecting it to and, fall into place and so like i just actually did what they told me to do and it finally started to work yeah and I don't think that I think it's discouraging to go to the doctor sorry what I meant to say was I think it's discouraging to go to the doctor and be like it's just stress and like you just need to like make better lifestyle choices like that doesn't feel um like that quick fix right do you know what I mean yeah because it's not a prescription because it's not a prescription exactly it's 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 not that quick fix um but it's just not as simple as that. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. For I'm curious myself, what were the tests that helped you figure out what those vitamin deficiencies were? Just like a 
general blood test test that screens your vitamin levels it's like a vitamin panel test yeah and I mean any doctor can go and do it but before they did that I didn't even know that that was something that you could ask for right and I think that's like one of the huge missing pieces between everyday people and um, medical practitioners is that we don't know any of this stuff we have not been taught this stuff we have no exposure to it Um, And so how do we know how to advocate for ourselves except for just continuing to show up at the doctor's office and being like, I have this, I have this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would you say that that's one of the goals of Love Wellness? Yeah. Besides like providing solutions. Absolutely. Also giving information. Yes. It's just, it's about access to information, to good information, to just basic biology. Like, hey. And to not be afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And it's you know, hey, did you know all of these things about yourself? Yeah. You know what I mean? It it feels so simple. It's so simple, but it feels shocking. It feels like a revelation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Crazy. Um, I know I have struggled with this and I'm sure people listening have as well. I did a career change and there are a lot of different people, um, that transition throughout their lives. And unfortunately, I think right now career is so involved with like your self identity mm-hmm. and it, it shouldn't is. be that way completely in my opinion, but we're trying to change that conversation, at least on this podcast. So do you feel like when you left reality TV, there was some kind of like dissociation and like figuring out what you wanted to do for me? All I've been trying to do is like run away from my, um, reality TV sort of reputation past whatever, because yeah. to me, from the beginning it felt embarrassing and like Mm -hmm. that's why I never wanted to fully participate in it and it still feels embarrassing yeah because I look at a lot of people that have participated in that kind of stuff and I'm just like it's just not me it's just not who I am right and so it's hard to shake the stigma of that and I think that's part of why I have um, committed myself so exquisitely to love wellness is like I love this brand and the mission, but it also really gives me purpose. Yeah. That was another one of my questions for you. Like, what role do you think that fulfillment plays in, like, happiness? Like, when you're doing a job that fulfills you compared to something that kind of feels embarrassing, Mm -hmm. do you find that your days are, like, happier because of that? And that, in turn, is, like, contributing to your wellness, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think also for me, um, when you work in media and entertainment, you're essentially a consultant, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're, you're paid, uh, not as a full-time employee by any of these companies that you're creating content for or whatever. And so you really are your own boss. You are your own business and your next paycheck is never guaranteed. And your next work is never guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And for me, I lived that way for a really long time and it was really unsettling for me constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, I just knew that long-term I, I couldn't operate very well. And that way I needed consistency. I needed to know what I was doing when I woke up Monday through Friday. Right. And so for me, um, just being able to go to work every day and know what to expect has been hugely beneficial for me. I would think with like anxiety too, right? Yeah. You know, like a lot of people are like, oh, like the influencer content life looks so awesome. The lack of structure is very daunting. Yeah. It's very challenging for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like unless I create to-do lists for myself and like my Google calendar is my best friend. Yeah. Because otherwise you find yourself in this space waking up and it's like, well, I have that meeting later, but until then, what could I be doing? Right. And you need to create structured goals for yourself. Yeah. And all your other friends are like at their office yeah it's very weird it's (laughs) It's, very strange yeah so I've lived both lives Mm -hmm. and um 
I can say that I do prefer having the the consistency of just the the full-time job, honestly. What's been the biggest challenge of being a CEO? Um, I think for me in this case, it's really just learning everything for the first time. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I'm a very logical decision maker and I do have that background of caution, uh, overabundance of caution. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so I take a really hard look at decisions before I make them. Um, but I think for me, it's just the basic stuffs of, you know, how to raise money, how to operate this website, how to scale a business. The stuff that until you actually do it in a really hands-on way, you just don't, you don't, you don't know how to do it. Yeah. Like, yes, people write books about business and like say that they're manuals and playbooks, but they're just not yeah. until you're actually doing it. 100%. And do you ever look at, there are so many wellness companies now mm-hmm. um, and kind of get overwhelmed in like what role you play in the space? No, I don't ever get That's overwhelmed. Great. That's I think great. that we have a very specific point of view and we're really unique in that way. That's we don't have a direct competitor. Like right. We just don't. Yeah. Well, the space is still new and there's so much different information that needs to be put out there. Yeah. And I just think that we've taken the position that we're a total body care company and everybody else is much more niche than we are. Mm-hmm. And so we have the ability to be kind of broad in that way. And so it's really nice. It gives us a lot of room to sort of like play and be creative. Tell me about a product that you love. I love Good Girl Probiotics. Okay. It's one of our first products. And this this idea of a women's probiotic that supports urinary tract health and vaginal tract health um, was really foreign a couple years ago. But my doctors were like, take this probiotic. I think it's really going to help you because I think that you're having like a ton of issues in your gut and we need to repair your gut first and then everything else will follow Mm -hmm. and they were so dead on about that and um putting or sorry using probiotics that are made with very specific strands of bacteria that support women's health Mm -hmm. um was just like life-changing for me and I think it's life-changing for a lot of women and here's why it's 2020 now like it's not like anything has changed drastically um in the last four years, everybody's still taking antibiotics all the time. Uh, They're taking antacids. They're taking ibuprofen. They're eating shit food. And what do you think that's doing to your gut? And your organs. It's ruining them. And so, of course, we're having all of these low-grade chronic health issues because we don't have a strong immune system right the gut is the home of the immune system and if it is constantly in flux and like you don't have a proliferation of good bacteria there you're gonna have problems everywhere else there's a gut brain connection there's a gut vagina connection all of these things and so for us this probiotic is one of our best-selling products and it it just totally um is really helpful for women who are looking to find balance from sort of that feminine health perspective i love that and even when you take the field of probiotics in general you basically walk into a whole foods or a drugstore and there are so many of them and mm-hmm. you don't know what is being put into them so to yeah. hear you speak to it that way yeah it's like okay i know that i'm getting a specific strand that's going to help me as a female mm-hmm. um and that makes all the difference in my opinion that's why digital businesses are doing so well mm-hmm. is because we have a website and we can actually tell you what right. this product is for in retail you don't have the shelf space it's like to... close your eyes and pick exactly like retailers don't have the shelf space to tell you a good story about the products that they're to sell you so you have to go in and you're either really well informed already or the product that's on the shelf um, has a great label and tells the story really well on the packaging in and of itself yeah but truly that's why these internet companies are doing so well because they 
have a platform where they can storytell. Right. Not My Best is a podcast that's designed around the statement, we are not meant to perform at our best 100% of the time. My philosophy is like, if you're doing things a little bit better and when you treat yourself kindly, you'll achieve much more success than like trying to be at 100% all the time. Mm -hmm. So was there a specific time when you felt like you were producing less than what you personally expected from yourself and how did you handle it? Yeah, so um, my 2019 was very weird actually from a health perspective, but totally different issues than anything I had ever dealt with before. Um, I was in an accident in a restaurant where a door from like the kitchen, like the swinging kitchen doors fell off its hinge and fell onto my head. Okay, first of all, that's a nightmare because you're not even doing anything wrong. No, I was just sitting in a, no, I was like sitting in in a booth at a restaurant. And so I suffered like a traumatic head injury at the beginning of 2019. She's like, I don't take risks. Sits in a restaurant, gets hit by a door. Yeah, I had a really bad concussion at the beginning of last year and it has taken me almost a full year to totally recover from it. Um, I was like so forgetful, couldn't remember words. I was getting carsick constantly. I was like truly upside down for almost a year. And then on top of that last summer, I had mono. (laughs) And so... Are you okay? (laughs) I'm fine now. Like now I'm fine. I would say though that like in terms of like operating the business, because I barely took a day off work, I really had to get comfortable with trusting other people and relying fully on my team and just knowing that other people are here to support you and help you. Yeah. And <laughs> because... also, like, I'm sure saying to yourself, too, like, it's okay if I don't have this right now. I need to take care of myself. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, everybody really helped me last year. And so I've become much more comfortable yeah. with help and trusting other people's opinions completely and just knowing that they are so kick-ass and that um, they understand my vision just as well as I do and can execute it just as well as I can, if not better than me. And now with the rebranding and as your company grows, that has to be an amazing feeling. Oh my God. To be able to hand stuff to people and say, can you build me this? And they do. And it's spectacular. Yeah. It's so cool. Amazing. Well, I'm so, so excited for Love Wellness. Thank you. Check it out, please. I have one more question for you. You've lived in California. Now you live in New York. East Coast or West Coast? I've been in New York since 2012. And I love New York, but I love California. I don't know. I don't know where the chips are going to fall. I'm like, the weather, but the people, but the city busy. Like, I, I don't know. I love both. Yeah, my heart's torn. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Lo Bosworth, and you can find Love Wellness at lovewellness.com and on Instagram at Love Wellness. And I love that your saying is love yourself well. Yes. Because without a little self-love, you can't be well. So Exactly. It's beautiful. Thank you. You can find me on all social channels at Julia L. Stern or the podcast at Not My Best Podcast. Now go out there, stop trying to live your best life, and start actually living a better one. Thank you for coming. Yeah, of course.